Will the South Carolina Gamecocks keep things interesting and maybe even pull off the improbable, or will the Georgia Bulldogs pull away in the end? I'll discuss that today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's game preview edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecocks sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. And of course, on today's show, we are doing a special game preview edition for South Carolina's big matchup on Saturday afternoon where they'll be taking on the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs, the reigning defending national champions and the Third game in what has been truly a gauntlet of a three-game stretch to start off the season for the South Carolina Gamecocks. Yes, I am including Georgia State because, yes, I will continue to say this all season long. They are a very good group of five football team, and I think most of y'all will see that. Some of y'all who dispel the Panthers by season's end. But to get back on track here, as always, I'm going to go over one key factor externally to watch for this game against the Georgia Bulldogs. I'll also give my three keys to the game, which I believe could help the Gamecocks potentially win the football game. Things that they'll need to do at the minimum to keep the game competitive. And then, of course, at the end, I will give you all my final game prediction and let you all know sort of how I feel the game is going to play out. If you want future alerts and notifications on any shows of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, be sure to subscribe and click the bell on YouTube, or you can give us a follow wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. All right, so let's go on ahead and get all right into it with the key external factor to watch in this game. Now, if you've been following the news regarding South Carolina's football team for the majority of this week, then one reoccurring theme that you have probably noticed with a lot of these news articles and headlines that you have seen is that the Gamecocks are pretty banged up from an injury standpoint right now. And I want to make it abundantly clear. I am not trying to use this as any sort of excuse for the Georgia game on Saturday because obviously Georgia is the better football team. But the facts are the facts. Some of these injuries could have an adverse effect on the South Carolina Gamecocks performance on Saturday. So as it was reported earlier this week, Jordan Strawn and Muhammad Kaba, a starting edge and middle linebacker for the Gamecocks, both toward their ACLs against the Arkansas Razorbacks this past weekend. So obviously, these two guys are out for the season. They are not going to be able to play in any games for the rest of 2022. There's also five players who are questionable right now to play against Arkansas, at least as of this very moment that I'm doing this show. Cam Smith is one. David Spaulding is another. RJ Roderick is another DB who's questionable. Alex Huntley, one of our starting defensive tackles, he's also questionable. And wide receiver Corey Rucker, who has been dealing with a pretty moderate foot injury since 
fall camp as far as I know. And then two players who seem like they're going to be able to play in this game against Georgia are Darius Rush and to carry on Joyner. But of course, you never know sort of how exactly the snap counts are going to be divvied out. But I do believe that both these guys are going to be able to play based on what has been said this week. So, obviously, this is a really big factor to watch for South Carolina. Because the thing is, as I talked about regarding Georgia earlier this week, Georgia's offense has the ability to do a variety of different things now. They they are no longer the Georgia offense of old, where they would just line up, run the ball 40-plus times a game, every single game, basically trying to use their size and physicality and usual talent advantage up front to try to wear down your defense because they can also now throw the football all over the place. Stetson Bennett is a solid quarterback. He has very likable traits that do translate to the NFL, and he's got some solid receiving options out wide and some solid weapons around him sort of in the box. Of course, you got the tight end room with Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington. You got solid receivers out wide in A.D. Mitchell, Lad McConkey, and some others. And of course, Georgia's always got a couple of stout backs, and they got two running backs who they mainly rely on in the backfield and Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton. So the point being, Georgia no longer just has to line up and run the football for 60 minutes. They can do a multitude of different things. And I feel like knowing Georgia's coaching staff and seeing what happened to South Carolina this past weekend, well, I'm sure that Georgia's coaching staff, to at least a very small degree, probably feels at least a little bit of sympathy for South Carolina, considering, again, the fact that they are having to play Arkansas and Georgia back-to-back, and considering the fact that both teams have highly physical, imposing playing styles, Um, I can also guarantee y'all Georgia's coaching staff is going to try to take advantage of how much the Gamecock defense was worn down this past weekend. I think that Georgia's offensive coaching staff is really going to try to see just how well South Carolina's depth up front can withstand their offensive onslaught. And with all the injuries that we have seen just in the past week, I mean, you take Jordan Stroud out and you replace him with Gilbert Edmond, which automatically lessens an already thin position in the edge defensive end spots. You take out Alex Huntley and put an MJ Webb and talk a Hemingway. While both those guys, in my opinion, can fill in and do their job, at least from a baseline standpoint, can they go out there and affect plays sort of like Alex Huntley can? Talk a Hemingway might have that ability, but, you know, again, that's an unknown. We have not seen that with him having to go out there potentially as a starter. MJ Webb, I've mentioned this before. I view MJ Webb as sort of like the grandpa of the interior defensive line group to where, again, he can do all the basic things that you need to do as a defensive lineman, but can he go out there and really affect the pocket in the pass rush? Can he go out there on rush defense and shed blocks and close off gaps and at least force running backs to have to bounce it to the outside or to another gap? I don't know if those guys can do that again, especially considering the fact they would have to go out there and play the majority of those snaps. RJ Roderick, how is his arm feeling? You know, is he going to be trotting out there or is it going to be Nick Emmon Warrior? That's going to be an interesting storyline to watch this coming Saturday. And Cam Smith and David Spaulding are South Carolina's two main nickel corners. If neither of those guys can go, then more than likely Marcel Dow will get slotted down into that nickel corner spot, which means that Odenel Fortune and Darius Rush would probably be the two outside corners. And I got to be honest, Odenell, he really had his hands full this past weekend with guys like Jadon Hazelwood and Matt 
Landers from a physicality standpoint. Now, of course, Georgia does not have a bunch of receivers like Hazelwood and Landers who are like 6'2 plus and around 200 pounds plus. They don't have a bunch of guys like that. But the point being is it would be interesting to see what would happen in that particular spot if Georgia decides to run, say, a bunch of screens or if they decide to run a bunch of plays sort of to the edge on the perimeter either way, whether it's a run or a pass play. So there could be a lot of factors or a lot of play calling decisions that could be altered because of some of the injuries here. And if South Carolina just really has dealt a bad hand regarding these injuries and a bunch of these guys can't go, then yeah, South Carolina could be in for a long day on the defensive side of the ball. But of course, if a few things were to go the Gamecocks way or the Gamecocks were to perform at a high level in a couple of different spots, then the Gamecocks could wind up making this a ball game. Heck, they could even win this football game. And we have seen this happen before with South Carolina teams who, quite frankly, were not as talented overall as this team is. So what are the three keys to this game for South Carolina? Well, I'll touch on that in just a couple moments. But first, I got to talk to you all about our sponsors for today's show in Bet Online. Bet Online, of course, is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games, along with reviews and news of every league, which includes the NFL, college football, where the Gamecocks are a 24 and a half point underdog against the Georgia Bulldogs. So if you think the Gamecocks are going to be competitive in this game, then put some money down on South Carolina. Also, you got Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, combat sports, golf, and yes, even esports as well. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering needs, including live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered literally wherever you need them. So be sure to head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn the latest about the trends and action because Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome back to today's special game preview edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. All right, so in the first segment of today's show, of course, I talked about the key external factor to watch for South Carolina's matchup against the Georgia Bulldogs. So now let's talk about the three keys for South Carolina to remain competitive and potentially win this game against the Georgia Bulldogs. So... The first key for me completely pertains to the offense. I think that this is a game where South Carolina needs to get the short passing game going early on in this game. I think that they need to use some tempo. I think they need to try to move the pocket through bootlegs and rollouts in the play action game whenever you want to try to chalk up an intermediate pass or do a shot play for a deep explosive play. The reasons why I think that this is a big key for South Carolina's offense. First of all, I think you need to get Spencer Rattler's confidence up. Spencer Rattler, from what I've been able to see in both the Georgia State and Arkansas game, is just having a hard time really gaining trust in this pro-style offense. Again, I've talked about this before. This is an offense that is starkly different 
from what he was running at Oklahoma. In Oklahoma, he was running, of course, the air raid offense under Lincoln Riley, where there was very few plays that were in the playbook. It was pretty much the same concepts, but just different formations. And he didn't really have to do a whole lot in terms of going through his progressions throughout the entire field. In a pro-style offense, obviously, there is a lot of differences regarding that, and it's almost the exact opposite in certain cases. So, I think overall, Spencer Rattler, you got to get his confidence up early in this game. The best way to do that, usually, is by dialing up some short passing plays, allowing him to get some completions, get his confidence going, hope that, of course, the guys on the edges or the guys catching the ball maybe make some plays, get some extra yards after the catch, get some sustained drives, and if you can do something like that, then I think the number seven will be a lot more calm, cool, and collected in what is going to obviously be a very big matchup here for South Carolina. I think you also need to take advantage of all the playmakers that you have in the skill positions. I talked about this, of course, throughout this week. Jaheim Bell, I don't think you need to quit giving him handoffs in the backfield, but you've got to start getting him back out in open space again. And the best way to do that is you need to send him out on some actual routes and get the ball to him in the passing game. Get Austin Stogner involved like he did last weekend. Continue to feed Antoine Wells the football because he's taking advantage of the opportunities that he's getting. Get Jalen Brooks involved. You've also got Amari Brown who could get open on some deep routes. Marshawn Lloyd and Juju McDowell could catch some passes out of the backfield. Josh Van can hopefully resurface and come back and be a difference maker on this offense. Because the first two games, he hasn't really done a whole lot for a couple of different reasons more than likely. So you need to get all of your playmakers involved on this offense. And the last reason why I think this is a big key for South Carolina, regarding the tempo specifically, I've mentioned this before on the show as well. There is one component of a football game that can take out any defense, no matter how good the defense is, and that is fatigue. In my opinion, South Carolina has got to attempt to make Georgia's defense have to go horizontally and vertically all over the field. You need to keep them on their toes in terms of keeping them guessing on what it is you're going to run next, or at least where you're going to go with the football next. It could be the same sort of idea with short passes, but you know, go to the middle of the field, go towards the sidelines, really make them have to try to cover every blade of grass. And then if you can do that, and again, sustain some drives and do that for the first couple possessions in this ball game, then you could potentially not only keep up with Georgia, who knows, maybe if you can even drive down the field and score some touchdowns in the red zone, which leads me into my second key for this game. You got to be able to at least match Georgia in terms of situational football. When I say situational football, I'm of course talking about third down and red zone plays. South Carolina has been just abhorrently bad in third down situations so far this season. They were 3 of 14 on third down against Georgia State. They were 3 of 10 on third down against Arkansas. And the scary thing is, neither of those teams compare to Georgia. And of course, Georgia has one of the most talented defenses in college football. On the defensive side of the ball, South Carolina is going to have to try to find a way to get out the field on third down more. This past weekend against Arkansas, a big reason why Arkansas's offense was able to sustain such long drives and score as many points as they did was because they were 9 of 16 on third down against South Carolina. Conversely, looking at Georgia's side of things, they were 9 for 10 on third down against Oregon and 5 for 13 on third down against Sanford. 
The point being on third down, you don't have to try to beat Georgia in this statistical marker, but you have to at least be able to answer every single play that they make on third down with a play of your own, whether it's on offense or defense. In terms of the red zone, we cannot let Georgia score touchdowns every time they go into the red zone. I'm going to tell you all right now, Georgia's going to be able to drive down the field between both 25-yard lines. That's going to happen no matter what the defense tries. I just fully believe that with this game. So when Georgia does get into the red zone, the defense has got to find a way to bow their necks and be able to get some stops and force field goal opportunities. This defense did a really good job of this this past year in 2021. They were the best team in the SEC in terms of forcing field goal attempts when their opponent got into the red zone. We have got to see that on Saturday against the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia was 7 of 7 in terms of scoring red zone touchdowns against Oregon, but only scored a touchdown in three of their eight red zone trips against Sanford. Again, against the Sanford Bulldogs. So this is possible, but the Gamecocks are going to have to find a way to make that happen on the field on Saturday. My final key for this game, the Gamecocks have got to find a way to steal some possessions. I do not think that this is a game, of course, where the Gamecocks can just line up and match Georgia mano a mano at every single position. And of course, with the amount of confidence and moxie that Georgia is playing with right now, the amount of talent that they have returning from last year's team, despite the loss of experience and leadership on defense, this is a game where I think South Carolina is going to have to do a few nifty things in order to try to turn this game in their favor. One obvious one, which every team wants their guys to do, is to try and force turnovers. Guys are going to have to rally to the ball on defense. And if two or three defenders get to a ball carrier for Georgia, those guys need to be trying to rip at and punch the ball out as much as possible. And if you could just play proper technique when it comes to this, then there's no doubt that South Carolina, in my opinion, could have some opportunities to pull this off. Also, if an edge rusher gets to Stetson Bennett while he's in the pocket, obviously make sure that you have the leverage to where you can take him down for a sack, but try to swipe down at the ball whenever you are in the process of tackling him. I think that Jordan Birch could have a good opportunity in order to do this a couple times in this game, and of course Gilbert Edmond as well. And then lastly, you know, we're called Beamer Ball 2.0 for a reason right now. Our special teams unit can be an X factor in certain games. This is a game where the special teams unit is going to have to make a couple of plays for us in my mind if we're going to win. So, reaching to that bag of tricks, you got Pete Lembo and Shane Beamer. Whatever trick plays you got that you have not thrown out there yet that you think you could throw out against any looks that Georgia puts out there, whether it is their punt return coverage or their field goal block coverage, whatever that is, use it. Get some fourth down conversions, potentially get some touchdowns, anything that we could use in order to, again, at least steal a possession or maybe even get some points out of it. We should be thinking about using that against the Georgia Bulldogs on Saturday. Now, in just a few moments, I'll talk about what I think is going to happen in this game, and I'll give you all my final prediction of what I think the final score is going to be, and of course, who will be the victor. But first, a quick message from a couple of sponsors. Welcome to the final segment of this Friday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. All right, so I've given y'all my key external factor in this game. I've talked about the three keys to this game for South Carolina to remain competitive and potentially win. 
Now, I'm going to give you all my final prediction for South Carolina's border battle against the Georgia Bulldogs. So, I'll go ahead and say this. I think that this is a game that will be decided based on how the first 25 minutes play out. For South Carolina's side, you obviously cannot allow this game to take a turn at the start like you did against Arkansas. Going down 21-3 against Arkansas was basically worst-case scenario for the Gamecocks because at that point, they were down 18 points, and Arkansas, while they were already running the ball a ton, was able to just pretty much hand off the ball to Rocket Sanders or let KJ Jefferson keep it or basically do whatever they wanted to do on offense for the entire rest of the ball game. South Carolina obviously cannot allow that to happen against Georgia if they want any shot to win. On the flip side, there's one factor in this game that could be interesting for some of these guys on Georgia's team. While they have played in some big environments like Tennessee and Auburn, like Kirby Smart mentioned in his press conference earlier this week, they have not played in williams Bryce Stadium before. And listen, if the crowd stays in this game, if the Gamecocks give them reason to continuously be cheering on the Gamecocks throughout this game, and they keep things close, then this is a game that could potentially maybe get to some of these new starters on Georgia's defense. I mean, think about it. Georgia played against Oregon, who was obviously a very talented team. But they played against them on a neutral field, a neutral field, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. And with Sanford, Georgia, of course, played Sanford at home. And, of course, you know, again, they pretty much could choose how they wanted to defeat the Sanford Bulldogs this past Saturday. So this is Georgia's first true road game this season season. The last time the Bulldogs, of course, played in Williams-Brice was back in 2020, where we had an interim head coach in Mike Boba. We had fired Will Muschamp at that point. They played against a true freshman quarterback in Luke Doty, who basically was going through baptism by fire. The stadium was mainly empty because of COVID protocols, and at that point, quite frankly, the apathy that had settled into the Gamecock fan base. So to bottom line this point, Georgia has not faced the South Carolina Gamecocks, in a packed Williams-Brice Stadium in four years. And at this point, there's probably not a whole lot of guys left on this Georgia squad who played here the last time that the stadium was packed. So this is a game where if South Carolina can't keep things close, and again, the crowd stays in it, you know, could some of these guys in Georgia's defense get rattled? I could see a pathway where that could happen. But again, it would require the Gamecocks to keep things close. And for my final prediction, I hate to say, I just don't think that is going to happen. My key external factor that I mentioned at the beginning of this show, with all of the injuries that South Carolina is dealing with on defense right now, with how Georgia's offense operates now in 2022 compared to like 2016 through 2019, I just think that this is a really bad matchup schematically and from a talent standpoint even with South Carolina's defense going up against Georgia's offense. I think that South Carolina's offense has a chance to put up some points on the board. Again, when I say some points, I'm not saying they're going to go out there and score like 42 plus or anything like that. But somewhere between 24 to 31, I could see South Carolina's offense fighting a way to maybe put up that amount of points. But I don't think that's enough to beat Georgia at the end of the day, especially with the injury situation that the Gamecocks have going on on defense right now. I think that Georgia just has too much talent and the different styles on offense is just not going to bode well for the Gamecock defense. And regarding Georgia's defense facing off against the Gamecocks offense, 
I do think that Georgia is going to try to heat up Spencer Rattler after what they've probably seen from these first two games where Rattler's inconsistent in terms of trying to figure out, should I sit back in the pocket right now or should I go ahead and take off when he doesn't need to? I do think they're going to try to take advantage of, you know, the inconsistent pass blocking with South Carolina's offensive line. Now, again, Georgia's defensive line, there's not a whole lot of pass rush moves that I see out of these guys. It seems like that these guys rely a lot more on their explosiveness and athleticism, which I do think South Carolina's offensive line can at least thwart them off enough. But again, this is where I think Georgia will die up some blitzes on the edge. And with how fast the Georgia's defense plays, I do think that they will get to Rattler a couple of times. I do think that they will get multiple sacks in this game against South Carolina. And I also do think that Georgia will even force one or two turnovers against this Gamecock offense. So overall, I think Georgia wins this game by a final score of 48 to 23. And again, I don't think that that's fully indicative of where South Carolina is right now as a program. I just think that this is just a horrible spot for South Carolina to be playing this game after playing such a tough game against Arkansas the previous week. And I just think that that's going to be an additional factor in this game for the Gamecocks. And so I think the Gamecocks are going to drop to 1-2 and and 0-2 and in conference play at the end of this weekend. So that is going to do it for today's game preview edition of the Georgia matchup on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Gamecock Nation, what are your thoughts on this game? What do you think are the keys for the Gamecocks if they want to keep this game competitive or maybe even pull off the upset against the Bulldogs? Or do you think the Bulldogs are going to come into williams Bryce and it is going to be ugly from the start? No matter what you think, I do want to hear all of y'all's thoughts down below in the comments section if you are watching today's show on YouTube. But of course, if you're also listening to today's show on an audio podcast app, wherever you get your podcast daily, you can also feel free to shoot me a message at a lion underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll be sure to respond to any replies or comments that you have for me as quickly as I see them. And as always, if you've enjoyed the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, but you want to get more news on the entire SEC conference, then go give Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC a listen, where he talks with the local team experts of Locked On that cover the SEC teams and takes you across the entire SEC in just 30 minutes. He does daily shows just like me, Monday through Friday. So again, make Locked On SEC your second listen after, of course, the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. But once again, y'all, that does it for me on today's show. I hope that y'all have a great rest of your Friday and a fantastic weekend. And for those of you who are going to be there at the game, be safe while you are there. I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.